We've got a special bonus podcast this week with the hottest runner in American distance running right now, the Bowerman Track Club's Shelby Houlihan, fresh off her 14.23 American record. Don't want to miss it. That's next. And don't sign off early. There's some bonus content at the end with Shelby once it sounds like the podcast is over. And if you like this stuff, rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Tell your friends about the podcast and continue supporting Let's Run.com. Here it is. Bonus pod with Shelby Houlihan. Okay, now we are very pleased to welcome on a very special guest to the Let's Run.com Track Talk podcast. She's a 13-time U.S. champion, the American record holder in the 1,500 and 5,000 meters, the latter of which she just reset on Friday with a 1,423.92. Welcome to the Let's Run.com Track Talk podcast, Shelby Houlihan. Yeah, thank you for having me. So where am I talking to you from right now, Shelby? Where are you? Right now, I'm finally home. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, just got back here after about seven weeks of altitude camp. Um, and so now I'm back here to stay, which I'm excited about because I've never spent July in Oregon. <laughs> really? Yeah. So yeah, you, you're just here. There's no more altitude camps like until when? Like, Are you there for the indefinite future or what? Yeah. I mean, I think we're just going to kind of spend... I mean, that 5K was really the the biggest race that I was gearing up for. Um, and so now the rest, we're going to spend the rest of July kind of doing races here and there. But I think trying to plan on shutting the seasons down first week of August, uh, if, I mean, that's the plan right now, who knows. But <laughs> um, yeah, shutting down the first week of August and then kind of having a little break and then getting back into it maybe end of September, or early October. Gotcha. Are you going to have more races, you said, like between now and August, like one or two more? What would that be like? Yeah, I don't know exactly how many. I think our coach is kind of planning on like every 10 days we're going to race or I don't know if that plan's going to change, but just kind of whatever we feel like doing. Uh, he's talked about doing a 2K and a 3K and I'm trying to get him to let me do a 10K, but <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Um, but I, I think mostly like, I think I would like to pace some of my teammates to some faster 1500 times as well. And just kind of like get the rhythm of a four flat, uh, 15 pace in my legs. Um, I don't feel like I'm gonna go out and run like a 353 this year. So I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> I did what I needed to do in the 5k. So, um, I would rather just like focus on helping out my teammates in the 15. So let's go back to Friday. Uh, you know, 14.23, obviously phenomenal time, smashing your own personal best and the American record. And that was obviously the goal going in was your old American record of 14.34. And you wind up destroying it. You know, you took off over 10 seconds. Were you surprised by how fast you ran? Honestly, no, not really. Um, I felt like going into that race, uh, especially after pacing our teammates uh, the the like 10 days before that, after, after we had paced them and we were running 72s, Chris and I were, we kind of looked at each other after that and we're like, that was easy. Like we, we felt very comfortable doing that. We were even having a conversation at the end of our pacing duty, the last K. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was surprised how easy it felt and I thought it would, but just actually getting out there and doing it. And I was like, we kind of looked at each other. We're like, I think we can run in the 1420s. And I had predicted myself on Friday. I, I thought I could run. I thought I was going to run 14.24. That was my, and I came basically <laughs> close to that. So I felt like I had a pretty good prediction on that. After 
you know, like analyzing how I felt during it, um, like just since that race had happened, I, I still think I can run faster. And I felt that way after the last American record, I got the 1434. I felt like I could have run a lot faster, but I think it's kind of those baby steps and trying to, you know, one thing at a time. Um, I do think I can run faster and I'm excited to kind of see eventually where that limit is. Watching the race, it definitely looked like while you were being paced by Colleen and Courtney and Elise that you were sort of chomping at the bit and getting ready for them to step off. Like, did you try to argue with Jerry beforehand? Like, hey, can we be a little little bit more aggressive with the pacing? Like, how'd you guys decide on 70s is what to hit? I didn't say that before because I honestly didn't really know exactly where I was. And I thought, you know, if if we were running 1435 pace and I could close well, I knew, I felt like I knew I could run in the 1420s. And that's what I tried to do. Um, but like, I didn't want to get too greedy with it. I didn't want to like try to knock off like 16, 69s and then like blow up. Um, so I, I was a little more conservative in what I felt like I could do. And looking back now, I feel like we could have run a little faster. Um, but that's, I guess, for another time. Yeah, I mean, your last 1,600 was 426, and you go 70, 68, 65, 61. So, you know, clearly looks like there's a little bit more in the tank left there. You're now the 12th fastest woman in history. And I was looking this up. Tarnesh Dababa, when she set the current world record, her PR was 1427. Uh, the world record, obviously, it's a big jump from there. It's 1411. But you've said, you know, you want to break the world record. You want to break 14. So do you? does that feel like a more tangible goal now, the, the world record? Do you start thinking more seriously about that? Yeah, we're definitely getting to that point, I think. Um, I Yeah, it, like I said, it's just one thing at a time. I, I think getting that 1423 under my belt, I feel more confident. And especially doing that and feeling like I could have run faster, I do feel like that world record is in reach. Um, maybe not this year, but I, I still think I have a lot more in terms of my potential. Like I, I still feel like I'm getting stronger every year. I'm still able to uh, PB every year. Uh, and I still think there's a lot more work to do, uh, which is kind of exciting. Uh, for I'm excited for the future and to see where that can take me. We've seen you run fast in a couple different races, t- kinds of races now. Like this, we've had this one, but then the World Championship final in Doha, where you set the 1500 American record, that was just a bunch of studs sort of towing you along. Like, what do you think is the best? If you were going to try to run like your absolute fastest 5K, what is the best scenario? Is it some diamond league where you can just follow a bunch of women running, you know, trying to run 1410 pace? Or is it getting your teammates together? Because you guys obviously have a great group who can sort of pace you and then taking off the last. 800 a mile on your own yeah i mean i think in either scenario if it's just like fast from the gun and we're actually going out there to run a time i feel like either one is fine um i think sometimes and i've actually never really been in a diamond league 5k i've only ever done it at like championship races or had it set up to run fast um and Sometimes I feel like in those like championship type races or even like diamond leagues, like it can be so like fart licky or like, you know, like one, there's a K where we're jogging and then all of a sudden we're sprinting and it's just all over the place. Um, and I don't feel like we're at, in the 1500. I feel like it's a lot different. There's a lot more consistent. Like we're just going out there and seeing how fast we can run, um, which I like about the 15, but I still feel like in the 5k, as long as it's set up to just we're just running hard. I 
I like my chances there, whether it's in a in a diamond league race or set up by my teammates. I, I like having it set up by my teammates. I feel like there's less pressure there. Um, and, but yeah, either way, either way is good. Yeah. Now no American woman has ever medaled in the 5k Olympics or worlds. Cause usually those medals are going to women who have run 1430 or faster. You're in that club now. So does that change what event you would want to do at the Olympics next year? Um, I think it definitely, there's a question mark now about whether what which event I should do. I I still feel like I have a lot of unfinished business in the 1500 and I am kind of pulled towards that I think a little bit more and I still feel like in that event I can run even faster and I and I want to, but uh especially I have a lot more experience um in like a tactical 1500 than I do in the 5k. I I've only run a handful of 5Ks. Um, and yeah, like I said, like most of them have been at championship races and then the other ones have just been paced uh, to fast times. So I don't feel as experienced and I don't feel like my instincts kick in as as well as they do in the 1500. So I feel a lot more confident in the 15. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. But at the end of the day, I'm going to run whatever I think is the best has the best chance for me to medal. Okay, because I was going to ask about that because there is a... I mean, have you looked at the competition? I guess you've, you know, you've only, you're only a 14, 23 runner for a few days right now, but have you looked at the competition in both events? Which one do you think is easier to medal in as it stands? I actually haven't looked at it at all. (laughs) Um, Right now it's like, there's no competitions going on. So I've kind of not really paid attention to it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's something to evaluate next year. If, if everything's kind of back up and running and, uh, looking at the, you know, the different fields and talking it out with with my coach and seeing which makes the most sense. At the end of the day, I think he's probably going to make that decision, and I will trust whatever he whatever he decides I, that I should do. Mm-hmm. How pissed are you? The Olympic schedule doesn't let you do that double. <laughs> it's a little annoying because at the trials, it, it was actually set up perfectly. It's like I think. Uh, the 15s like day like one, two, and four, and then the 5K I think is day seven and ten. It was perfect. I'm like, why can't we have that schedule at the Olympics? Because I would definitely try to double. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't think I'm gonna get that opportunity, but it would be exciting to see. No, I mean it doesn't make any sense to me. Like we complain about this stuff. We're like, why yeah. don't they set up? It's a natural double. Like Hassan, even last year, like Hassan had to do the 15, 10K because. The fifteen five wasn't really feasible. Would would you consider doing what she did at Worlds last year and trying the ten the ten fifteen double? I need to do a ten k first. <laughs> I need to see how that feels. I actually I'm very intrigued by the ten k. I I think I could do it pretty well, but I'm also super naive in, in that I haven't ever really run one on the track. So I'm like looking at like oh yeah I can I could totally do that. But I mean at the end of the day I I actually have to try and go do it and see how that feels. But I, I wouldn't put it out of the question to try it, um, especially the 10K is just like a straight final. And then you do have three rounds of the 15, but I I don't know. I, I love running around. Or like, I love like doubling back. And that's why I do it in the, at USA is I do the 15 5K. I just enjoy racing and I enjoy those opportunities. Um, I think it makes you a little stronger overall. So uh, I wouldn't put it out of the question. Yeah, well, just... <laughs> 
I'll just throw it out there. Hassan, before last year, had never run a 10K. She ran her first one at Peyton Jordan, her second one at the World Championship Final. So (laughs) there's definitely a precedent there. It's doable, yeah. (laughs) I'll jump in here for a second. I I guess the Hassan 15K, 10K double, anything is possible these days. A few weeks ago, the women's running interview came out, and you said you wanted to run sub 350 and sub 14. And at the time, I just kind of was so dismissive and laughed. Yeah. And now there are these, these threads on Let's Run. They're like, can Shelby run sub-14? 14? Sub-14 14 revisited. And it's just sort of uplifting. Because when you're around the sport so much, I mean, our motto is where dreams become reality. We want people to dream. But sometimes I start limiting what people can do. So it's great to hear you talking about the 10K and all this other stuff. But was it hard with COVID and everything to be motivated to actually go out and do this? You guys seem to be firing in all cylinders. Like very few other few people are actually racing. And you guys are out there... Hey, I'm shooting for sub-14 eventually, you know, 14-23, no problem. Just kind of talk about the lead up to this a bit. Yeah, no, it was definitely kind of hard to find motivation at times, I think. And I've said this before, but like when I first found out the Olympics were postponed, um, I went to the store and I bought a ton of junk food. And I just kind of like, you know, I was like, I'm going to deal with this the way I like feel like I need to. And I took a little mental break. Um, Not not a physical break. I never took a day off. I think I've taken one day off since October. Um, So I was still training very hard, but I needed that like mental reset. And um, yeah, so the the couple months we were still in Portland before we went up to altitude, I was definitely like mentally a lot more relaxed. And it was kind of nice because I didn't like, I've always have put a ton of pressure on myself to like do all the right things and like, you know, like stay really focused. Um, but it was nice to not have a race to really focus on and to like, you know, I'm just going out the door to run because I feel like it and I'm having a good time with it. And there's no pressure of this huge race that's coming up. Um, so that was nice to kind of get back to the basics, but I tried to treat as soon as we went up to altitude camp, I tried to treat that as a normal year, um, that's kind of my time to start, like, checking off all, like, doing all of the right things. Um, so I really focused during those, like, six to eight weeks and did all the right things. Um, and, yeah, I think you were able to see the the result of all of that work. In addition to that, I felt like we were already being set up really well for an Olympic year. So I liked where my fitness was back in, you know, February and in March and felt like I had put in a lot of good work. And unfortunately I wasn't able to show that during an Olympic year. Um, but I think what you're kind of seeing is all of that work kind of culminating in in one, in one race. And, uh, I did definitely did have a little time of not being motivated, but I was able to kind of snap out of it and still put my work in at least. I want to go to sort of the, aftermath of the race i noticed you know afterwards on twitter a lot of people commenting on it and one of the things i found interesting so there's a twitter user with the handle clean sports a myth (laughs) and he posted the athletes are talented of course but if it's not the shoes then it's a 10 second record personal best for you and everyone suddenly got much quicker the only other logical answer is drugs i prefer the shoe option unless pro athletes suddenly realized how to train and then you responded to this person and said Can another logical answer be that I work my ass off and haven't been in a fast-paced 5K in two years? Upside down smiley emoji. What what inspired you to respond to that guy? Um, you know, I don't really 
care. Like I, I know at the end of the day, people are going to have their own opinions and no matter what I say or no matter like how I defend myself, they're going to believe what they want to believe. Um, I just, you know, sometimes I'm feeling a little feisty and I want to <laughs> defend myself. And that was kind of uh, where that was coming from. I just, I, sometimes I just, it's hard to bite my tongue at things. And um, yeah, I felt like responding to that one. And yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, there's not only just those two options of, of is it the shoes or drugs? I'm like, no, I work really hard. And you're not even considering that to be an option. Um, so I was a little offended there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does that when you see this sort of talk, and I mean, there might be sometimes it might pop up on a message board, it might be on Twitter or Instagram or something. And they throw out the, you know, either accusation or suggestion of drugs. I mean, does that does it get me mad? How does it make you feel when you see someone try to threaten your reputation like that? Um, I mean, I I kind of just try to ignore it. There's always going to be those people, no matter what. Anytime you're having success, people are going to question it. Um, and, you know, I can't do anything about that. I can only focus on myself. I know that I do all the right things. I know that I work really hard. And I do it the right way. Um, and I think most people do see that. And so that's the people I'm going to surround myself with. And if you don't believe that, that's fine. But <laughs> that's your problem, you know. Uh, so that's, I try not to let it bug me too much. In some ways, it's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. If someone says way, you're on drugs, it means you're really good. So yeah, <laughs> I was a hack and I had my own website and people said I was on drugs on here. And I was like, you think I'm on drugs? I was just so excited. I'm like, this is great. It means I'm getting good. <laughs> it's I mean that is definitely one way to take it as a compliment. Um but yeah, I I at the end of the day I try not to I try not to let it bother me too much. Another thing I wanted to ask about was the shoes because you raced in I believe 2013 Nike Zoom Victory 2s is what you said. Obviously, Nike has made more shoes and have more recent models available to you since then. So why go with the with the older spikes? To be honest, I'm kind of a creature of habit and I I've been wearing those spikes since like, I guess it would be college. Um, ever since they came out, those are, those are my spikes and I, I love them. I love the way they feel. I love how there's really nothing to them and it kind of just feels like I have spike implements on my feet. Um, my feet are my greatest tools and I, it kind of, I feel like it allows me to really dig into the ground and, do what I need to do. Um, whereas some of the newer spikes, I feel like are you're kind of elevated off the ground. I don't feel like I can feel the track. Um, and yeah, this is just what I'm comfortable with. I, I love those spikes and I hope I never have to change. They're still like making them for me. <laughs> so I'm like, please don't get rid of these. I really like them. Um, please don't make me change. Uh, and yeah, this is just what I'm comfortable in. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you have a stockpile of this or they make them specifically for you to like the 2013 speculation? I had uh, both like th the day before the race. Uh, I they gave me like three new pairs of the of the spikes. So I'm kind of stockpiling them a little bit, but they keep making them for me. So I hope they keep doing that. Well, I think if you keep running the way you're running, yeah, it'll make you whatever you want. A good case for it. <laughs> yeah. But like. Do people, because obviously we saw some of your teammates wearing the, the, the dragonflies, they're so-called, or the new, I think, I, the Air Zoom victories. Did Nike reps come up to you and say, hey, we've got these new spikes, they're supposed to be even faster? Do they try to sell you on, like, the gains associated with these new shoes? Um, The Nike reps don't know. I think 
I, there have been a lot of people that have been trying to sell me on them, and I refuse to wear them. I'm sure they would like me to wear them, but they haven't really like m tried to make me, um, which I'm thankful for. But yeah, there's I've definitely heard all of the selling points. Everyone is sell trying to sell me on them, and I'm very stubborn and like in that way where like everyone wants me to do it, so I'm not gonna do it. Like, <laughs> um, so no, I just I like what I wear and it's working for me. So I don't want to change it. Yeah, no, I mean, you clearly, they haven't followed the, you know, your social media handles because yeah. you haven't changed those after a lot of public pressure. And pressures. I never will. <laughs> yeah. But like who specifically is asking you to wear these shoes? Uh, just, you know, everyone on the team is raving about them. My coach is raving about them. Um, he wants me to wear them. Some of the PTs I'm seeing, they want me to wear them, but they're like, like, I don't know. I, I just, I, don't want to change what I what I'm. There's doing. nothing like with any concern with him maybe not being legal yet with this like four month window or anything like that. It's just you you like the other shoes better. I I like the shoes better. Um, I also like I don't know enough about shoes to like know any type of advantages or whatever it is around that. Um, I know that there is some skepticism with those shoes, and I also don't want people to question what I do. <laughs> um, so if, you know, and like, I don't want someone, it's like the Twitter thing, for example, I don't want someone tweeting about like, oh, is it because she was wearing the shoes? And like, I'm just going to nip that in the butt right now. No, it's not because I was wearing the shoes. I did that myself. <laughs> we got a couple of emails the night before the race. People were convinced. They're like analyzing the shoes all of a sudden, and they're like, Carissa is wearing the other shoes. I guarantee Shelby's going to get beat. So let's turn to Carissa a bit because she's turning some heads this year. Indoors, I would have bet a lot of money you would beat her at 3K. And she went out and beat you, ran a tremendous American record. I think three of you guys beat the old American record, so great day for the team. But how surprised were you by that, that she actually beat you, and did that motivate you for this 5K? Honestly, I wasn't super surprised. She was in awesome shape, and I I was actually very nervous going into that race, and I was also kind of scarred from that race. Going So when I was going into this race, I was very nervous because I didn't want her to beat me again. Um, she's an awesome teammate, honestly, and she she kind of feels like my little sister in a way. We're, we're very similar in the fact that we want to attack every workout, like, we're going to try to kill ourselves. Like we're going to try to find that line, that limit. Um, we have the same mentality about that. And so I think Jerry has kind of separated us into our own workout group because the other girls don't really want anything to do with that. Um, and yeah, so she's someone that has been able to push me as well as I've been able to push her to be better. And I'm very thankful that she's a part of this group. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not surprised that, you know, she was able to beat me. I, to be honest, I felt so crappy on that day and I knew that there was a chance that she would beat me and she did. And, um, but that's the name of the game. Sometimes you don't have it. And she was there to take advantage of it. And I think that was awesome for her. I I'm so happy for her that she got that record. Um, I was still able to run really fast. So I'm not like, you know, it's not mad about it um, by any means, but, and I know how good she is and how gritty she is that I'm, sure that she's going to get that 5k record at some point um i hope i'm in the race to try to fend her off but i know she'll get it at some point and she's going to 
continue to keep getting better. Yeah. Do you, I mean, in terms of the US level, clearly you two are the, the top two in the 5K right now based on that performance. And globally, you guys could be duking it out for medals, you know, the next few years in that event. Do you like having one of your biggest rivals or perhaps your biggest rival in your same training group? I do. Yeah, I think it makes us so much better. Um, before she came along, in, actually in 2018, I was doing a lot of workouts by myself um, just because I just uh, felt like I was in really good shape and I felt like at times I was being held back. And so finally, Jerry let me start doing my own workouts at my own paces. And that was awesome, but it was very lonely. And so I'm really glad Carissa came along because she he just kind of threw her in there. And surprisingly, she's done an amazing job, even in her first year, just like hanging on to me. And there, there, there was times where I would like be doing workouts that are challenging for me and I'm looking back and she's just right there. I'm like, what's going on? Like she should have been dropped off so long ago. And I mean, that's just who she is. She's going to be there. Even if she has no business being there, she's just very tough and, and gritty. And yeah, I, I think that makes me have to bring my A game every day at practice. And even in, in all the races, whether, um, you know, she's in it, or not. Like I just, I'm getting trained to bring my A game every day and as well as she is as well. And I think at the end of the day, that's making both of us better. What do you make of the word rivalry? Does that apply to your relationship? Do you consider that you have a rivalry with her? It's like a playful rivalry. Like even today at practice, she we just did some speed stuff and she was coming up trying to pass me on my shoulder. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting you go by me. So like, we definitely do compete with each other, even at practice. And, um, it's at, yeah, I mean, we, we respect, respect each other so much in what we do that it's never going to be like a hostile rivalry by any means. Um, I think we're both very proud and respect each other, um, in the things that we, we both do. And you're both proud Iowans. Yes. When did you start hearing about her? Did you race her in high school? Was I did race her in high school. Yeah, we actually, there's a picture of us side by side, side by side. I, I don't know what race it was. It might've been the 800. It was my senior year, her freshman year. And we're both like, you know, in our starting position. Um, and there's a picture of it. But yeah, so I've heard about her for a while. And I kind of watched her college career as she, you know, moved through college and all the success success that she had. And I was really excited for her to come uh, for to the team. And uh, she was so much more than I actually thought she was, like just in how gritty she is and how tough she is. I just wasn't expecting that. Um, and so now we joke like it's just an Iowa thing. <laughs> Who, who's the bigger Iowa high school legend out of you two? Um, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I think I'm going to take that title <laughs> out of the two of us. I I think I may maybe have a little more of a decorated high school career. Um, but, I mean, she's definitely making up for that <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. I want to hear about altitude camp and training and quarantine. Has it been any different for you than what a normal altitude camp would, would have been? Or is it pretty much business as usual? It was pretty much business. Um yeah, like I said before, I tried to treat altitude camp uh, just like any other year, uh, and I wanted to get the most out of that year. And I felt like leading up to that, I was so mentally kind of checked out, even though, like I said, I was doing all the physical things that I needed to do. I was hitting workouts. I was 
hitting my mileage, like everything was fine. Um, but mentally I was pretty checked out and kind of, you know, staying up late, sleeping in till noon and running at like 2 PM. Like it was very relaxed and I felt like I needed to go to altitude to kind of get back on that strict schedule, get my, you know, get everything in order and start doing all the right things again. And and it was good for me that I took that time of those like six to eight weeks of like very normal. I needed a normal. Um, so that's kind of how I treated it. And I think that was, that was good for me. Jer- Jerry's group, you guys are famous for some, some of these brutal workouts you guys do up at, at training camp. And I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast right now wants to know what kind of things you do to get in shape to run 1423. So can you share a couple of the workouts you did in the lead up for this race? I'm trying to like, the thing with, is I have like such a short-term memory with workouts. Like I do it and then it's gone. Um, but I think the one thing with Jerry is that he never really accommodates for altitude. <laughs> We're still running the paces that we would at sea level. And we just have to get used to it. And it takes a while. And this is my fifth year um, going to altitude and like training with the group. And I'm finally like things started coming around for me a, a couple years ago. But it those first like two years were really tough. Um, so yeah, I mean like my favorite is like doing like a tempo run and then some mile repeats or like whatever that is. And he does not accommodate for altitude at all. Like it, we're going to be running like, you know, like I think we did one progression of like five by mile and Chris and I's last mile was like a four forty eight. Um, we started at like five ten. So, I mean, that's something that we would probably do at sea level. And yeah, I mean, we try to keep it the same. What's the fastest you run? Like, are you dropping a sub 60 and a 400? Or what are you running for, like, the shortest stuff? Uh, yeah, like, we had a speed day and I uh, really wanted to break, I think it was, I wanted to break 27. I ended up running, like, 26 too. Um, so <laughs> I was like, so gung ho. I was like, get off the line, go. And in the first like 30 meters, everyone had, I had dropped everybody. And like, I think they still ended up running like high 26 or 27 after they kind of caught back up. But yeah, I, I mean, that's probably, it's not, we don't do a ton of like just raw speed days as much. Um, but I try to take advantage of those when they come around. Is that a PR for you? 26? No, I, I think I ran 25.5 in high school. So. It's a workout PR for sure. <laughs> Weren't you a state 400 meter champ? I was, yeah. 55. This five, is unfair. <laughs> you want to run the 10K and you're a state 400 meter champ. Yeah. I <laughs> See, that's the thing is I worked on all of the speed stuff in high school and now I'm finally starting to work on the aerobic strength and it's all coming together. It's all part of the master. Your mom was a very good <laughs> marathoner, right? So I think this is, yeah. we, we viewed you as an 800 meter runner and I think we had it all wrong. Yeah, I knew... At some point, I would no longer be an 800-meter runner, but I still want to be. <laughs> and with COVID, did you guys have to take any extra precautions? Is the whole team sort of like considered a quarantine group? Were there any some people more scared about going to camp than others? Just how did you guys handle all of oh, that yeah. aspect? Yeah. So like initially when we were still in Portland, we actually had to break up. We didn't, we stopped meeting for workouts and we split up into groups of like three or four of, so my workout group was Carissa and Colleen and, um, we are all at different tracks. So it was, 
we were trying to spread out um, and be very conscious of anyone else that's on the track, you know, keeping that like six foot distance. But like, this was our little like quarantine workout group. Um, and I think everyone was pretty mindful of that. And then once we, there was definitely a lot of, um, there was some people on board, some people weren't on board heading up to altitude. Um, but we ended up going up. We thought like, you know, restrictions were kind of starting to let up. They were allowing people, especially in Utah, uh, it was, a, it was a lot less restrictive and we felt comfortable that it was okay to, to go do that. And so we ended up going and like, you know, having our quarantine group, uh, we were allowed to, I think, groups of 20 were allowed. So we were kind of like split up men and women's group. Um, yeah. I mean, we tried to be very mindful of all, all of the regulations and the things that we needed to do. Um, and very careful because we didn't want to get it either. You know, if, you, if one person gets it, the whole team's going to get it. So uh, yeah, I think we did a good job in, in taking care of ourselves and being conscious of what was going on um, in that. And then, yeah, like our race was, USATF like certified or whatever it was we had to do the two COVID tests um a week out I think 24 hours apart or whatever it was and um all that good stuff so we've taken all the precautions and done all the right things or at least have tried to um and be conscious of that I want to sort of go rapid fire with some inside stuff on Bowman uh you know who runs the fastest on easy days I want to say Colleen. She's like trying to hammer every day. And I'm like out in the back. And like I'm going to run like 745 pace today because I'm so tired. Uh, I try to take my easy days easy. and uh, But yeah, she she tends to like kind of go to the front and push it. Yeah. So who runs the slowest? Would that be you? It might be me. It might be me, Vanessa, and Carissa all kind of in the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, best person to work out with? Uh, I'm going to go with Carissa on that one. Best cook? Ooh, I want to take that title for myself, but <laughs> I don't know for sure. Uh, I I love cooking, and I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it. I would say that some of the people that have tried my cooking would hopefully agree with me, but who knows? <laughs> I'm going to go your, with myself. What's your specialty dish? Uh, I I have three actually. I go pizza, um, or I go fish ta- like salmon tacos. Um, and then recently I've started doing like pork carnitas in like a burrito bowl with like a mango salsa. That all sounds pretty great. What about worst cook? Ooh, we always give Mariella a hard time because she is always doing test kitchen. That's what she calls it, where she's just taking whatever she has in the pantry and like throwing it in a pot. And she's like, yeah, sometimes it tastes great. And sometimes like, I don't even want to eat it. So uh, I'd probably say, I don't think Mariel's a bad cook, but we always give her a hard time on about that stuff. What about, do you guys, is there a team DJ who's in charge of the tunes? Uh, probably Vanessa. Vanessa's pretty good at, at the music stuff. Yeah. Is there anyone who has like just an awful taste in music? Honestly, they're probably going to say me. <laughs> I like, I go like 2000s R&B and that's it. Like, you're going to hear the same playlist from me every single time. So out of 2000s R&B, what are like the go-to, what are your go-to songs? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, like I like Lil Wayne. They're like forever down, like all those like, you know, jams. Uh, Yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment. But I'd say like anything 2000s R&B, I am a huge fan of 
Yeah, th- those ones, that was like real popular right when I was going into college. Yeah, I kind of hung on to those <laughs> and I'm still playing them. Yeah, I mean, everyone sort of has a connection to with what was, uh, you know, that po- point in their life, right? Everyone like, knows the songs. Everyone likes them. So, like, I just think, like, after maybe a month of altitude, you probably don't want to listen to them anymore, but I still do. <laughs> sure, sure. What do you guys do for fun? I mean, you can only train so many hours in a day and you're up, hold up at altitude. Like what, what goes on when you're not practicing? We've recently, I, I, me and Elise actually have a ukulele now. So at this last camp, we were trying to practice learning how to play the ukulele. Um, so that's been a thing. We do a lot of um, card games or board games. Uh, we had Monopoly. We do poker um, and... Yeah, we kind of. I think the one of the houses had a pool table, so we were always playing pool um, in different games. There, we we try to find ways to entertain ourselves. I ended up also like bringing my Xbox and playing Call of Duty a lot, so that was like taking up like four or five hours of my day. <laughs> I'm I'm a big poker player. Who's the best poker player? Um, I mean, this last time I feel like I was whooping everybody, <laughs> um, but I'd probably say. Uh, Matthew is probably the best poker player. Yeah. Well, Matthew we, and Woody we, actually duke it out a lot. We had actually a Let's Run.com poker tournament during the last Olympic trials. So oh, really? I don't know if you guys are allowed to compete, but you're officially all invited to play in 2021 in <laughs> well, Eugene. Well, we might have to get in on that. <laughs> all right. We'll be practicing at camp. <laughs> it's interesting. So you mentioned Matthew. I'm kind of curious. He's... Like, it's very easy when you're on social media to sort of notice who's in the workout photos and who's not. And I haven't really, you know, seen him in any of the stuff you guys have posted. What's he been up to? Where is he? Yeah, he had kind of a rough camp. Um, I don't want to, like, speak too much on his, what he's doing. But basically, like, you know, he was kind of dealing with some injuries here and there and just trying to string together consistent stuff. He didn't feel like he was in a great spot to race um so he's kind of like he's running right now he's kind of doing his own thing and trying to you know build up and and be in a good spot to hopefully keep training and staying healthy all right well well, i think that's everything i wanted to cover is there anything else you want to ask shelby before we let her go was there any hope for racing in europe like when did you guys sort of rule that out uh i think actually once the travel restrictions kind of set in. I I don't feel like we're going to go over to Europe at all. And I don't really want to actually just, I I would rather, you know, play it safe. I think we're, we're doing our, what we can here. And I think we're doing a great job with what we have. We have a group of very elite women and, and men that we're able to push each other to obviously run fast times. I don't feel like we need to go, um, over to Europe to run these races to run fast times. Um, you know, the prize money is kind of nice sometimes, but even that right now is is a little restricted. But yeah, we're doing what we can here, and, and I think we're all happy with you that. You mentioned prize money, and I hadn't thought about that, but so many people have been, you know, impacted financially by COVID. And runners, you guys can't get the appearance fees and that sort of stuff. And then if you can't race, maybe some of your bonuses don't get there. I mean, you just broke an American record and crushed it, so I hope you had a lot of bonuses for that. But are others in your group being impacted financially by this? Have you been like just sort of what's I even hate to think about 2021. Are you guys getting worried? There may not be an Olympics next year, sort of the whole financial picture, or do you just focus on the running? Yeah, I think we're all kind of like, that's in the back of the uh, back of our heads. Like, you know, hopefully 
you know, our, our contracts are still there. And like, cause we haven't really like, nothing's really been discussed as far as what financially what's going to happen. And, um, so, you know, I think for everybody, we're more focused on trying to do our best and run fast, train hard. Um, and hopefully those results will present a good case and, um, you know, the prize money and all those, like the appearance stuff, like obviously that's not happening this year. So you're taking a bit of, everyone's taking a bit of a loss there. Um, but yeah, I think we're just trying to focus on the positives and trying to more focus on our running. And cause at the end of the day, like, I think anytime you start focusing more on money, it's just, it, I, I find that my running doesn't go well if I've and focus more on other things and investing in other things. I am whenever, whenever I am my happiest is when I'm focusing on running and doing my best and find joy in that. Well, yeah, so. You keep running as fast as you're running. I mean, <laughs> you'll yeah, be fine. I mean, I'll say that much. It's going to happen. It, yeah, exactly. I'm going to focus on running fast and the money will hopefully just come along with that. <laughs> so I'm not worried. Shelby who and 5k runner was, I just thought that was crazy two weeks ago. And now I'm like, wow, show us how much I knew. <laughs> I appreciate that you're starting to believe. <laughs> like, I guess that's one thing we haven't talked about. Last year at Worlds, you run so fast, no medal. Did, did that take a long time to deal with, or were you just excited how fast you ran? Like, you know, we kind of forgot I about actually, that because COVID hit and all of that, and we, no trials, and we kind of forget about Shelby Houlihan in 2019. Yeah, I, I, I was excited that I was able to break that American record and run 354, but I... I think my disappointment with not meddling very much overtook that. Um, it's like, it, like I said, it was like very bittersweet. I think I'm honestly more disappointed than I was excited. Um, I felt like I would have been happier walking away with a medal than I was with the record. Um, but, you know, I also think some of those lowest points or disappointments are the things that drive us the most and the, where we learn the most. So I'm trying to take that as a learning point and trying to make myself better from it um, for the future. All right. Well, Shelby, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I mean, it was awesome getting to just see races and then to see the fast times on Friday. I think everyone enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, we're all hoping that next year we can have a regular season. We can see you, you know, maybe 15, 10 K double. Who knows? (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Got to keep you on your toes. (laughs) That's the one thing. 2020s, you know, who knows? We got half the year to go here. Maybe it can pick up some steam, but 2021 could be epic. We're going to have a 20, an Olympics. Be. We're going to make up for this Olympic year. trials. We'll actually appreciate them. A, a big poker tournament. I mean, like, hey, it's going to be. It, we, got we got it, it all. All. <laughs> all right. Well, she is the American. You're still in current American record holder uh, for the foreseeable future. Shelby Houlihan, thanks so much for joining us today on the Let's Run.com Track Talk podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, if you're still listening, thank you. You're one of the Let's Run.com junkies, and you should be rewarded. We've got some bonus content with Shelby up next. It came after we were done recording, and it was pretty interesting. She said we could use it. And if you want to preview the Let's Run.com Elite Plus Members Club, not sure what we're going to call it, feel free to email me, wejo at Let's Run.com, because... There'll be some great savings, some extra content, and just a way for you to show your support of Let'sRun.com. We want people like you still listening to check it out first and give us some feedback. Feel free to email me, 
Wejo, W-E-J-O, at letsrun.com. Because if you told me three weeks ago, oh, they're going to break an American record, I'd be like, no way. But after they ran so fast, I'm like, oh, yeah, they might get this thing. I even asked Jerry before we even paced that. I was like, hey, do you think I can run in the 1420s? And he was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of back in the back of my mind thinking, like, I think I can. Like, I don't, you know, we're not on the same page here. And then I think once we paced, he was kind of starting to come around and realize that he's like, yeah, I think you guys can run pretty fast. And like, yeah, you got to trust me sometimes. <laughs> but no, it's it's been good, though. Well, it made me wonder who who has the best Jerry impression on the team. I should ask that as well. Oh, I think Ryan Hill. Ryan Hill has a he's just really good at impressions in general. Like he does impressions of the way people run, like especially like on the team, and they're hysterical. Like he's so good. He just nails it and it's very funny to watch. Um, but he definitely has the best Jerry impression. <laughs> 